Hi, I'm Rachna. I'm Natalie. And I'm Christy. And welcome to the Triage Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Natalie. I'm Rachna. And I'm Christy. And we're so excited to be with you all here for our last episode of 2020. This Ooh. has been, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe we're, like, it's this date, to be honest. We're recording this on December 23rd, two days before Christmas. And yeah, we're really thankful that we have this platform with you all. And we feel like that reflecting is such a huge component of mental health. And we are huge mental health advocates. And it's really important. Um, for us to process how this year is so we figured we would do that with a, in a little conversation style episode um, with y'all as our audience today a little different than how we nor- normally we plan our episodes and we create notes and we try to find like the strongest articles to share with you all but for uh, tonight we just really wanted to I guess get like raw and like honest and just talk about how our 2020s went and um, I'm sure that something we talk about tonight might resonate with you as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we can all agree that this year has been just really rough for everyone. So I don't know. What do you guys think the positives of this year was for you? Oh, I like that question. Hmm. I think one of the biggest changes of my life has actually been starting triage um, yes. with best friends when the lovely Miss Christy came to us with this incredible idea and really like put her faith in us which is like the best feeling when someone believes in you and themselves and has this great mission and idea Christy you gave us that this year so thank you and that is such that's like such a cool feeling that I've never experienced on like the kind of I guess like not necessarily freelancer but like doing it on your own pace your own time your own schedule like kind of in the style of a freelancer where like we had no structure we really started this thing from scratch you know so thank you Christy for really coming to us with this amazing idea and we all kicked it into motion this year which that's like that's for me the biggest like positive of 2020. No, thank you. I thank you both for being on board. I feel like sometimes I have weird ideas and they're not great ideas. Um, And I feel like I kind of word vomit to you both a lot. And so I'm happy that um, something stuck and it's something that you both resonate with. And I don't know about you two, but I think starting the triage I mean we we've been planning this since 2019 and so the fact that we got it started this year and now that we started it during a pandemic and a lot of the topics we're talking about are a lot more applicable to people than they maybe would have been before and people are a little more interested in healthcare now they want to understand the system they want to see how all of these different sectors of life intersect with healthcare and so I think that we started it at such an interesting time and it's given us all a place to kind of vent about what's been going on and especially from our different perspectives and kind of like we're doing today with venting about 2020. It's been, I think it's been very healthy for us to have this platform to talk about what we notice about the healthcare system and 
kind of put it out there and start the conversation with other people who may be thinking the same way. So thank you for being on board and doing such great work this year. It's been really exciting. Yeah, and it's actually been really incredible to see how many other people have been creating podcasts too. There's this group that we've been in on Instagram and they're all girls who started their podcast pretty much within this year or the end of last year. And there's just so many people creating things and trying out new things that they thought maybe they didn't have the time to or couldn't do before. So it's been really cool to see this. But I think also it's important to emphasize, like, even if you don't feel like you accomplished something during 2020, that's totally okay. This has been just such a hard year for everyone. People have lost loved ones. They've lost their jobs. And it's okay to just take that time to process all of that and just focus on you and focus on your health. No, absolutely. I think that's so important to emphasize um you know it's so exciting seeing people talking about all of like the big 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 things that they've created in 2020 and I think they should totally be celebrated but exactly uh as Rachna said you know getting to this point in itself um with this crazy crazy year is just a beautiful celebration in itself that we could all celebrate the end of the new year together and I think that's such like a really beautiful thing yeah, and also, I mean, random thought, but something that kind of has turned 2020 around or made people kind of feel help- hopeful is the whole presidential election. I mean, that yeah. was just such a, this year has been kind of bleak. And I don't know, there's just been this whole rhetoric around how COVID is fake with certain <laughs> political candidates. And it's been nice to see that you know, science wins and there's a yeah. candidate that is going to be the president of the United States next year who believes in science and hopefully will help us getting back to a new type of normal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like any time anybody for the next 50, 100, however many years, here's the year 2020, I mean, COVID-19 is going to be like automatically associated with this year um, because it really was basically the whole year. I mean, we heard about it in February, late January, even February. um, You know, it was reaching our country in February, March. And here we are um, nine months later and, you know, still being affected by it every single day, whether in small ways or big ones. And yeah, like it's just we are all very strong and you who are listening to this you're very strong as well and with the like news of the vaccines the end even though like rachna is saying you know it's going to be a new normal things aren't going to exactly go back to how they were at least not right now you know um the end is in sight which i think is something also to celebrate um you know so much hard work into this and yeah I actually have um, a question for you both. It's something I'm curious about. Um, One of my favorite podcasts is Keep It. It's a Crooked Media podcast, and Crooked Media has, like, all of the Pod Save America podcasts, uh, if you know those, um, anyone listening. But they – it's a pop culture podcast, and they talk about um, things that they – 
liked about the week and pop culture and things that um, can keep it or like, you know, go away. Um, And so I'm curious to hear what you guys, what you want to see stay from this pandemic, like in terms of people caring about healthcare or like people wearing masks when they're sick or like maybe even having space between people in lines or, and some things that like you're excited um, will go back to normal or whatever, quote unquote, normal in the future. Like what are some things that you'd like to see continue and what are some things that you're really pumped about getting back to um, over the next couple of years? Because I think some things like are good that we're practicing now. So um, of course we don't want to be socially distant forever, but you know, there are always like things that we learn from times of crisis. So, yeah. Something that I've been thinking about recently, I mean, I guess because it's winter, so outdoor dining isn't really much of a thing. But in the summertime when outdoor dining was popping, it was just a really cool experience to see all these restaurants basically take up the sidewalks and have their tables um, there for you to sit and just be able to enjoy like eating out, but also being outside, getting some sun in. So I think that would be really good for that to continue on. I know that all restaurants didn't typically do this. Like they wouldn't have um, some of the sidewalks closed, some of the streets closed for the outdoor dining. So if that could continue, that would be really cool. And also, I guess, I think the mask should be like a thing if you are sick. I'm very curious to see if rates of the flu or other, you know, illnesses that are usually happening in the winter go down because people are wearing masks compared to previous years. So I'm like so curious to see the data that comes out around all of that. But yeah, I think that if people were to keep the masks on, I think theoretically it should decrease the rate of different other diseases, but I guess we'll see. What about you, Natalie? No, I was thinking the same exact thing. I, and I don't, um, I work from home, so I'm very privileged in saying this, but I like wearing my mask out, and I know that for people wearing it for 8, 10, 12, 24 hours on their shifts, it's a completely different feeling. But in terms of when I need to do, like, um, grocery shopping or even, like, I was um, lucky enough with my area. I was able to go Christmas shopping if I needed to run out and grab something. Um, I The mask personally doesn't bother me for at least short periods of time. I have never had to wear it for an extended period of time. And Rachana and Chris, you can attest to this. How many times did I get sick in undergrad? Like, oh my goodness. I was <laughs> so so many times. Sick. So many times. Like, I would just... And I'm the type of person, though, when I get sick, for some reason, it hits me really hard. So I didn't I didn't really go out a lot when I was sick. Although before the pandemic, I didn't really see anything wrong with people who were sick. You know, if they have to go to class, go to work, because we're in this capitalistic culture where taking time off is seen as lazy mm-hmm. or weak, which is something I've always disagreed with from day one. Being somebody who gets, when she gets sick, gets really sick, it's something I've always disagreed with. So I was more the type to stay in bed because I kind of had to. But... Um, I've been very lucky that I have not gotten sick this year. And a lot of, I've noticed a lot of people on social media saying the same thing. And it's because I, we are all like, oh my gosh, it's because of the masks. And like, of course people should wear masks if you don't feel well, but it's more of like a social norm. Like, I don't think it's anybody, individual, any individuals going around, you know, being sick before COVID because we've all been there. Like we've all been there and it's Mm -hmm. more of just a social norm that's been, you know, was adopted now as a precaution that I hope does stay. 
But I will say <laughs> that something I miss, I want to go to a bar so bad. <laughs> going out. Rachin and Christy can also attest to how much I enjoy going out, going to bars, being with my friends. Um, yeah. And I had just, with my internship in the city, um, I was so anticipating when the weather was getting warmer, um, you know, back transitioning probably from April to May, I was really, I really wanted to try a rooftop bar. I've never been to, I have been to, um, what is it called? The Beer Garden in Asbury Park. If anybody's been there, it's really fun. Um, but that's more of like a sit down vibe. I'd never been to like an open, like rooftop bar type of situation. Um, and I really wanted to go to one in the city. And that was like something on like my summer bucket list that I was thinking of in like March and everything, like just with getting the internship, my mind immediately jumped to summer in the city. Um, so yeah, that's something I really hope that could safely and slowly return. I just really miss going out and, you know, I love, um, I just mostly love dancing, to be honest. Like, that's my I favorite. feel that. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't dancing. been dancing in so oh long. It's just crazy. Yeah. Wait, but side note. Bedroom. Dancing. Side note, though. Sorry. Like, wearing a mask in the winter is kind of awesome. Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard it's not that bad. I haven't <laughs> left my so house cold. Yeah. It's just so nice to have, like, an extra layer of warmth on your face that you didn't know could be helpful yeah I saw tweets of someone being like I froze my nostrils all these all these years for no reason how many times do we have to wait out for the bus at Rutgers even at night like if we were going out like I don't care throw it in my bag like I would have threw a mask on to not freeze my face like off they're cute like they were a fashion statement before like I was looking you know as one does I was looking through Ariana Grande's um Instagram the other day because she, you know, announced that she was engaged and came out with a whole, you know, you know the deal. And I <laughs> noticed that she was wearing a lot of masks last year and she looked so cute. And obviously she took a lot of that from um, – it was inspired by Asian culture. And so it's just like funny that I was like, oh, that's interesting. She's wearing a mask. And now it's like everyone wants to be stylish with their masks and everything. And so I think we can make it good. And also I get um, – I get pimples on my chin during uh, my period, and now with the mask, no one has oh, to know. Oh, great! I wear so much less makeup. <laughs> right? I feel like, yeah. Okay, it's but here's the thing: able to swing it to a positive. Here's the thing, though: I'm wearing the mask literally all day, so it's right. been causing, it's causing so it. many breakouts. Just because from like I don't have access to a lot of masks, so we have to reuse the mask like for a few days before we kind of toss it out. So. I don't know. I just feel like it's like a cluster of bacteria that just kind of reapplies to my face. So I think it could be good in like smaller doses and smaller bits. But when you're wearing it for like 10 hours a day, then it starts to become, you know, breakout central. And if anyone has any tips on fighting the mask me let me know because I still haven't figured that whole There are YouTube videos on it, I think. I've seen... Skincare by Hiram. Um, he has really grown oh, popular. He's my favorite. Yeah, he yeah. made a whole video about it, and I think they sell like salicylic. I can't say the word. Oh my god, salicylic acid. Salicylic acid spray that you could spray <gasps> in your mask before oh. you go, and it kind of prevents bacteria maybe from your face getting on the mask or things like that. So there's definitely mm-hmm. ways. Um, 
but that's one of the things that I saw. I think he did like a mini TikTok promoting his YouTube video. So free um, yeah. I um I have like kind of a um short list of things that I want to stay. Natalie, you touched on a lot of them, like work from home, especially when you're sick. Like I've definitely had things happen where I had like a small cold or like if you have a stomach bug, you don't really want to be going into work, but you also weren't allowed to work from home. So you had to take sick leave. Yeah. And I think that's going to change now. Um, some work policies used to not let people work from home or only let them work from home one day a week or when you like have proven that you can work hard and now everyone has had to work hard working from home so I think it's going to change work culture and especially the way cities are set up like I live in a huge business district in Arlington Virginia and it's like in a few years like what is that going to look like like they built it up to um to service big industries and business people. But if they're all working from home and if they're all scattered across the country or even across the world, what's going to happen with that? Like, is gentrification going to um, happen at lower rates? Like, are we going to focus more on affordable housing rather than building out business districts? So super interesting to think about. Yeah. Um, I also really want um, hanging outside to be – to stay as normal as it was. Like I've always been someone who loves having picnics and loves going on walks outside like all day. Like I could do that all day, just go on like a four hour walk in the city. Um, And I used to have to do that alone. (laughs) But now this year, like when it was nice, I always was able to bring someone along. Like people were a lot more willing to hang out outside and really spend time, um, outdoors and like not drinking or like having to have like a big event to go to it's been like more casual and um you get to really talk to people and so I I really love that um and I also realized that I'm a little bit more of a homebody than I thought I was like I don't know about you guys but I am kind of nervous for the for the world to open up a little bit because I'm just like oh my god I'm gonna have to be social again and I always thought that I was like a super social person and like thrived off of social interaction which I definitely do but I realized a little bit more this year that like oh maybe I am a little bit more introverted um than I am and then the last thing that I think that I'd like to stay is like etiquette on public transportation and also on plane rides like I was commuting every day via subway in DC and like I definitely had forgotten to wash my hands after touching things like we were all stuck in there like sardines. People were definitely like coughing all over me because I'm short. And now like looking back, I really hope we keep up the practice of like um, having hand sanitizer available. Like I know public transportation um, has always tried to have that available, but I think now it's going to be like an imperative thing. Um, Maybe people will be more spread out um, as more people work from home. And plane etiquette I think is huge because I – talking about vaccine rollout and I we should definitely talk about that for sure because um, I'm sure it's something we're all thinking about right now but when you're younger you have to get two different boosters for uh for chicken pox and I got one when I was younger but I was due to get my second one when I was 12 and the doctor's office actually ran out of the second booster and so a few months later I got chicken pox from an airplane And so I just think about, yeah, and I just, like, think about, like, all of the stuff that happens in the airplane and now with COVID and, like, vaccine rollout. It's just, like, super interesting to think about. And so 
those are some of the things that I really hope stick. I don't know if they will, but I mean, I always think about like, we we were super young when 9-11 happened and I think I was on one flight before 9-11, but my parents always talk about like how different air travel is since that happened. And like, I think that's going to kind of be the same thing with COVID. Like, I think we're just going to like have a lot of these things that feel so different at first when things open up again. And then after a while, we're just going to be like, okay, this is how it is. Like, I think health screenings before um, being stuffed on like a tube for hours is like a good idea. (laughs) And like how that happens, who knows? But yeah, will be super interesting. I'd rather have health screenings than the the TSA who can be like super predatory sometimes. Like I totally understand why they exist, but like the – like the subconscious biases and sometimes not even subconscious biases that they take out on people are wrong and sometimes xenophobic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we took that, you know, dedicate like that structure and pushed it more towards health screenings, I think, you know, we could have prevented COVID from entering the country in the first place. I mean, Christy's talked about it on the podcast multiple times how, when she came back from China in January, you know, she was expecting any, any, any health official, like, um, you know, at the gate when she was, you know, coming back. Um, you went to D.C., right, Chris, from uh, China? You flew to yep, D.C.? To Dallas. Yeah, so you were expecting somebody, nothing. She walked right in um, and, you know, she was safe and everything. But it was still, like, kind of scary to be like, whoa, okay, so this is rapidly spreading and we don't have a grip on this yet but to touch on something else you mentioned too chris about working from home i honestly not for myself but i'm so frustrated that we pushed off adapting work from home into our work culture until like it was inevitable because yeah yeah different communities that would have benefited greatly from working from home the two i'm thinking of right now are moms um Mm -hmm. and disabled folk in in the disabled community who could have incredibly benefited so much from positions and you know remote positions existed beforehand but not on the capacity that they exist now and it's just it's possible it's possible to do work from your computer um with the technology we have and all these different apps and zoom even though zoom itself wasn't really a thing yet you know video calls have always been a thing so with the technology we have it was entirely possible to work from home and it was just not Maybe they felt like Christy was saying, you know, we could rake in more capital if we have eyes on our team, which is just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just not trusting people who work work ethic. Yeah, Yeah. which is like funny because you can just track people's computers. Like, I don't agree with that, but like, like, there's a way to probably track people much easier. Definitely track their activity. (laughs) And I've definitely seen people playing solitaire at work before. Seriously, that stuff still happens in the office productive when they're comfortable so whether that's at work or at home people are so much more productive I remember one um day this was like two weeks ago um it was four o'clock you know I took a shorter lunch and my dad and I took a walk around the block together that is something we could not have been able to do you know of course before COVID but without work from home being in place for both of us which again like we're very like so grateful um but that's something that wasn't possible before and like it's just goes to show that when it comes to innovation in this country you know sometimes we're right sometimes we're ahead of the game 
And sometimes, like with this work from home situation, it's until the last possible second because it's the old system is benefiting, which I think is like again could be applicable to so many things. Yeah, country, I even think about system is beneficial to everybody else, like to the smaller group of people rather than everybody else. Definitely, and I think about telehealth too. Like, if just even getting to like a small yes. part of that, like rural communities like telehealth has been a thing for a few years like even just taking a phone call like I was watching Ugly Betty and it was like funny to think about like um the father had to do like a cardiology checkup like over the phone and that was before even like iPhones were big and video call and so he was able to do that 10-15 years ago like we could have been implementing that into the system a lot earlier and like obviously taking a phone call ends up being cheaper for a patient right now because of the way insurance is set up. But we've been forcing people to find transportation to go into an office um, who didn't have it. Rural communities were highly impacted by not having enough primary care physicians or any type of specialty care physicians in the area. And we could have been making progress here for years and not saying that we didn't have any progress before. But now that we've been forced to use virtual care, and provide that as an option. And now insurance companies are really covering yeah, it. Yeah, they have to cover it. Yeah. It's like, it's like sad that we have to be faced with the music in order to do that um, when we could have been doing this stuff before. And it's just like, I think about like what really is innovation from the pandemic and what has been, could have been done years ago when we just like had to do it. And so I think about other things in the future that people may be inventing right now or thinking about right now. And they're in like a pitch meeting to get funding and people are like, oh, that's stupid or that's a horrible idea. Um, Like I think about Shark Tank. I think there was an episode where this woman was trying to sell masks and they were like, what the heck? Like, this is so stupid because of SARS. Like she was like, oh, I saw this with SARS and like the communities that were highly impacted by that have been implementing masks. Like I'm trying to bring that over to the US and now it's like come on like it would yeah. have been a gold mine so I hope she was successful anyway I hope she was successful in her own way me too because yeah. wait was, wow but you know what hasn't been good to be online is school yes yeah yes. I think like especially for kids who are in grade school being able to socialize directly with your classmates and being able to be in that environment because I don't know little kids have wandering minds like they're not always focused or paying attention and I think just being in a classroom setting is so much more important for them in order to kind of like build relationships with other people and kind of like I don't know it's just really hard for them to do that from home and And even teachers too yeah yeah, for teachers too and I, I, even in being in grad school, like there are certain classes that were more hands-on that like they tried to have videos and stuff for us to watch the online uh, version of those things. But like watching someone do something is so different than actually getting mm-hmm. to do that yourself. So I think that has really been a major disadvantage. Yeah, and even like thinking about We've talked about this so many times, like even when you get to the college and like the high school level, like we got so much out of the things that we did outside of the classroom. So even thinking about how the classroom has been impacted, but like we learned so much from doing student government. We learned so much from meeting up with people at the library after class, even just getting a meal with someone. And now even that aspect of school is gone. 
And I think about that, like I figured out what I wanted to do with my life from the clubs I was involved in. And so now that is like completely gone. And that's also what you pay for out of school. Like even like public school when you're in high school, like your taxpayers pay for club equipment, for sports equipment. And so you're really losing out on a lot of the things that build you as a person. And that's really scary to think about too, um, that people are losing out on that huge part of like what you're paying for to go to school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, like, it's kind of weird. Like I understand they have to keep paying the teachers um, and everything, but there's been like no discount or anything for tuitions for higher education. Like a hundred dollar fee or some shit. Yeah, and they're trying to say like it costs the same to have it online, but I'm like, does it really? <laughs> like it probably would have been really good for people to who were at least in their first or second year of college to be in community college because it would have been way cheaper and it would have been the same. Yeah, period. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just interesting to think about. But anyways, what do you guys think about the vaccine? Because I've been, I guess, because I'm a healthcare worker and a lot of other people that I know are also healthcare workers. I've been seeing like people posting every day, um, different people getting vaccinated, all these types of things. So I'm just curious to see like what you guys are thinking about the vaccine. Something that's been frustrating but I don't know if I feel the same level of anger that some folks do is seeing people who are so who are spreading false information about COVID which I think is detrimental and wrong and honestly a crime because of how it's affected you know people people with platforms people like political Mm -hmm. figures prominent people that is I can't that's unbearable to me you know, people have been very angry seeing, for instance, all the folks of, well, not all, but like mo- like a lot of folks in Congress getting the vaccine, um, specific- like because of the members who were so against COVID relief, um, you know, sharing with their constituents ways to fight COVID, you know, spreading the propaganda that COVID isn't real, you know, you know, folks are angry, which I think is extremely valid that these congressmen and women are getting these vaccines after, you know, they were, spe- they were incur, you know, unknowingly encouraging the behavior that was like helping COVID spread. But however, I feel like to look at it on the flip side, wouldn't that now finally, after all of this headache, be them using their platform? For- and I want to know what you guys think about this. These, you know, these leaders using their platform for good and, you know, starting conversations with their constituents who are looking up to them and maybe don't feel the same way about COVID that we do, kind of start that, that conversation about the vaccine in their own homes. Or do you think it's too far gone and, you know, it was wrong of them to get the vaccines before everybody else? How do you guys feel about that? I don't know if that made sense, but. Oh, it did for sure. I just think, like, it's hard because people don't care about what authority has to say on this issue, clearly. Like, I mean, a lot of people do, but it's like, if it was so hard to get people to wear a mask, then it's just interesting to see, like, if people would care that um, 
that people are getting the vaccine. I do just think it's odd that the administration that's in power right now was talking about how COVID isn't as bad as we think it is, that it's under control. And then they're now saying that um, it's revolutionary how fast it's happened and it's all Trump's like doing. And so that's what I find to be interesting. I think I'm not really worried about the rollout to healthcare workers, to um, populations that need it, like immunocompromised folks or um, folks living in long-term care facilities. I'm interested in to see what the pandemonium is going to be like um, once it like opens up to the general public. Like we've seen it with testing, like they set up testing sites in low-income areas or for folks who don't have insurance. And then a lot of well-off people were starting to use those resources or people who can pay a lot of money have been able to get a ton of rapid tests. And then people that aren't able to afford that haven't been able to get tested and then have still had to go to work. So I'm interested to see like what that's going to look like and how people get it. Like, is it are people going to be starting to get it through their job? Are they going to be getting reached out? Is their primary care physician going to reach out to them, which LOL, because like no one has a primary care physician? Or is it just going to be like you roll up to a CVS? Like, I think that's going to be really interesting um, because like that's going to be the majority of the population and the most of the population needs to get the vaccine for this to work. So I think that's what I'm worried about right now. Yeah, I'm definitely worried about that too. I mean, people still have those conspiracy theories in mind um, about COVID in general and the vaccine. So I don't know if we're going to get that full percent that we need to get. And also with the rollout, yeah, it's going to be so interesting to see, like, how are they, how is this company going to supply the amount of vaccines that are needed to even meet that percent in a like, cause I feel like everyone needs to get vaccinated pretty quick because you know, it's getting worse and worse, especially with the winter months. So I don't really know like what the distribution plan should be. Like definitely elderly people next after the healthcare workers. And then from there, like, I don't really know. They're just going to have to have vaccine clinics kind of like how they had the pop-up centers for the testing that came around the city and different other areas. Maybe it'll be something like that, but it's going to be also really interesting to see. It's a two vaccine series, right? So I wonder how many people are actually going to follow through with getting both vaccines in a timely fashion too, because I kind of also worry about, you know, there are some symptoms that people have been experiencing from getting the vaccine. And honestly, I think they're kind of, from getting so many vaccines myself, I feel like it's the same symptoms that you always get from getting a vaccine. So you'll get like soreness in your arm and you might be a little bit more tired than usual. But, you know, those are the basic symptoms that you will get from pretty much any vaccine. And, you know, hopefully people don't get discouraged or freaked out by that first dose and like getting those symptoms I don't know we'll see we'll see how people do with getting it and I don't think anyone can really tell what that's going to be like until we start to see that roll out to the general public and kind of see what the reactions are to getting the vaccine yeah and it's like it's gonna be sad because we're gonna see it like with COVID like people who have a lot of money are able are gonna be able to just like slip by they were able to buy the top notch tests 
They were able to access private jets to travel. They, they have multiple houses. houses. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, like they're going to be able to get the vaccine, no problem. And we all know that. Yeah. And it's just like frustrating. And unfortunately, that's just how life is right now. Um, but I also think it's going to open up a new opportunity for people, like the way contact tracing was. Um, I know a lot of like recent graduates and Natalie, I'm sure a ton of people in your public health program were reached out to to be contact tracers from yeah. New Jersey. Like hopefully it'll be the same thing with vaccines. Like it'll open up a new um, communication line where people are like reaching out to folks to get their second vaccine and hopefully it'll be accessible so that people can do it as easily. But uh, I don't know, guys. It's scary. I'm hopeful, but I'm also just like, uh, how long is it going to take? It's going to be weird. Yeah. And here's the I'm thing. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Like, it's going to, it's, they're going to wait until those percentages of vaccinated people like reach a certain threshold for things to start becoming back to normal again. So the more people delay, I think the more delay that there will be in starting to open things back up and stuff. That's what I'm worried about, actually. That was my next point is, you know, everyone keeps saying, you know, know, herd immunity and herd immunity and herd immunity. It takes a lot to get there, like a lot. Like we have the average that Rajan is talking about. And then I feel like you kind of need and then some to just make sure. And I'm nervous that I'm nervous that, you know, once the vaccine becomes a little bit more mainstream, a little bit more. Again, accessible is a tricky word because exactly what Christy's talking about. You know, it's it takes a lot of work to make something completely accessible. I don't think anything in our society is completely accessible, but you know, more accessible. Um, I'm nervous that people are going to stop wearing masks. I'm nervous that people are going to stop taking yeah. precautions because they're like, it's 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 out. People can get it if they want. People can get the vaccine if they want. Um, and I like someone could be like, I don't want to, and you know, the people and then they can be wandering around without a mask. Yeah, I've been vaccinated. You know, it's scary. Um, and that's why I feel like that. I don't know. I could see this going on. I feel like that the end is near. Um, but I feel like a new chapter could be starting. And I, I don't know with COVID if it's something positive and we can all come together i mean i know like literally education about the vaccine is so important i know i talk to people in my extended family about it excuse me like trying to um use my public health background to make it to make it where i know like vaccines are super confusing like you know um a lot of people are wondering if you're getting injected with covid and that is such a valid thing to wonder because a lot Mm -hmm. of vaccines are made up of dead viruses um but the covid vaccine does not have covid in it so, you know, that's that's that could be a so for someone who has been following all the guidelines and everything that could still be a breaking like, you know, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like the, you know, the toss up for them is like, well, you know what? Like, yes, I, I believe that COVID exists. I, you know, um, I'm keeping safe. I'm doing precautions. But is that going to put me at risk? Which, yeah, it won't, it won't put you at risk. But it's it's an understandable concern. And that's why and I think we were- about this is so important. For sure. And I like the last point I'd make is it the communication around the herd immunity and everything like that is so important because one, I mean, anti-vaxxers have been a huge part of the conversation even well before this pandemic. And I know that's something we were all worried about, like some diseases that we've completely eradicated um, or 
mostly eradicated due to high vaccination um, percentages, like slowly started to come back. We started to see cases pop up because people started to be anti-vaxxers and spread that information online. And so we have to think about those folks. And like, if these like diseases that we thought were gone forever are coming back because people, a small, small percentage of people aren't getting vaccinated, like it just makes me feel weird. (laughs) But also like, um, Regina and I were talking about this before, like the rollout of vaccines is going in such a different way. Like when you have households made up of a lot of people, like I have three roommates, like we're probably all not going to be vaccinated at the same time. Like what if someone gets vaccinated and then they're out living their lives? Like they still carry the virus with them. And so what does that mean for the people in the household who haven't been able to get vaccinated? And like these people who like, I'm literally thinking of like two different factions right now, which I know is like all other things equal. That's not how life is, but I'm thinking all other things equal. They're going to be like two factions of people where the people are vaccinated are going to be living their lives. Um, And this is if people don't wear masks and if this is if things, um, you know, open up normally. And then the people who aren't vaccinated are still going to be like having to deal with that. And like, what if offices start opening up again and people are going back into the office who are vaccinated and then other people, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I'm it's impossible for like a uniform rollout or like a simultaneous yeah. rollout or for every American to be vaccinated at the same time. Yeah. And yeah, that, Christy, you brought up an excellent point. Even if you get both dosages of the virus and, you know, with the strain, you know, with that strain, you can't get COVID, you could still be a carrier for the virus to unprotected people. That's something that's so important to know and that's why i feel like masks personally i feel like masks with like the way that they're being worn right now should be worn like this for the next few years to like five years maybe which sounds crazy but well maybe not to us because we're public health people but you know to the general public could sound crazy um but that's like the only sure fire way that you could protect yourself if that makes sense absolutely Um, and especially as a healthcare worker, I'm surprised that people don't wear masks as often or, like, didn't right. wear masks as often as they did. Like, there's certain diseases, like tuberculosis, where, you know, there yeah. is always standard protocol to wear a mask in the room while with, in, the, in the room with the patient. But for other diseases, like pneumonia, like, things that are contagious, it wasn't always policy to be wearing a mask around that patient. So there's definitely some certain times when I think that, like, you know, wearing a mask should be standard procedure. You're in a setting literally where you're exposed to all sorts of different things. And why yeah. shouldn't you be wearing a mask if you're going to be doing that? Such but a point. Anyways, I don't know. This we're, We talk a lot about these things, as you guys can tell. So we're just kind of going to wrap up because <laughs> there's just so much stuff that we could even – go on for further but it's very true I think we hit a lot of the big things that I think a lot of other people are thinking about with 2020 be it the presidential election or the vaccine or you know what they have accomplished or what they've seen what positive things they've seen so thank you guys so much for joining us and you know we hope that 2021 brings a lot more happiness and a lot more joy to people and we start to see 
the world kind of come out of this pause and start to wake up and see this new kind of new normal. Absolutely. And before we head out, actually, I was just thinking just now, do either of you have any, like one resolution each that you want to share for 2021, given that the new year is um, coming up? Hmm. So I don't know. I feel like I always make New Year's resolutions and then they never are completed. (laughs) So this year I wasn't even thinking of making one, but I think that something that has always been important to me has been fitness. And I feel like some of that has kind of, since I started working again and everything, I've kind of like lost that sense to go to the gym just because the gyms haven't even been open or available to go to so I think incorporating fitness more into my life again um I mean I've slowly started like doing two or three days a week but you know doing it like five days a week and trying to be more active I think that's something that I definitely want to do yeah absolutely I think that I um I really got back into reading these past two years, so I like to set my goal on Goodreads, and I'd like to keep up with that goal. This year, I am four books away from meeting my goal, so I'm almost there. I'm going to somehow knock, knock out four books in a week and a half, um, but yeah, I think that's. I think I really want to continue reading and growing my mind in that way. Same here. Um, almost at my my book goal for the year. I don't know if we'll get there, have a few days, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, One thing that we didn't really mention um, in this episode is um, everything that happened. Well, I mean, this has been happening for years, unfortunately, Um, but police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement and how that really um, took its place at center stage this year where it it really was like on the sidelines of major news outlets for the past couple of years. And I just hope um, that we continue to see more people attached to this movement as we move on through the years. And with this new administration, I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like right now, but hopefully some action is taken. And, um, and I hope that we all stay, um, stay more, alert as to what's going on in just politics, what's going on in our local communities. And I, that's a goal that I have is that I continue to stay active and stay informed, especially when it comes to local elections. I feel like in the past I've kind of fallen off. Like, of course, I care about the presidential elections and important midterm elections, but I haven't paid as much attention to what's going on in my community. And that's really important. And so, um, that's my goal for next year too, is just to make sure that I, I know what's going on. I know who my representatives are at every level. Um, and that if there are local elections that I'm voting in them and, and making, um, an informed vote, um, to be specific. So that's definitely my goal. Um, and just, just to continue enjoying the outdoors because it seems like that's what we're going to be able to do for the next couple of years. So (laughs) yeah, that, that, those are my, goals for the year and I hope our collective goal for everyone yeah and you know the Black Lives Matter movement has been a huge thing this year but I think this year has been the year that everyone 
or not everyone, but, you know, so many more people have been aware that this has been an issue in this country. And I think that's a huge first step to take. There's so many people that were protesting. And I think hopefully next year we'll bring more positive strides for that movement. We'll start to actually see those policy changes. And like Christy said, that all starts by everyone being involved in their local government and being aware of the types of policies and the politicians who are kind of dictating that aspect. So definitely becoming politically aware of different things that are going on is also one of my New Year's goals. Absolutely. And I definitely want to get involved in my local community where I live as well. I think Christy um, phrased it really well. I think people underestimate how much change can happen at the local level, which is interesting because you live your life at the local level, if that makes sense. Not that, you know, we're not impacted by state and federal policies. 100% we are. But our day-to-day takes, you know, our lives are our communities, you know. So I think it's really interesting that um, it's not talked about more, if that makes sense. And with that, I think we kind of are ending this episode. I mean... It's a slightly sad year, of course, 2020, but hopefully next year kind of brings more positive things for us. I, it was It's so funny because everyone was so excited at the beginning of 2020. It was like the <laughs> roaring 20s part two. Everyone had their great Gatsby parties. But I say that we move all those parties to this year and just redo them. Yeah. And then maybe that'll bring some good, <laughs> good magic to 2021. Absolutely. Happy New Year.